Welcome to the Headache Doctor Podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, and I am on a mission to help everyone with headaches and migraines break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything they do. In this episode, we are going to talk about neck pain, neck issues, herniated discs, degenerative changes, stenosis, anything that involves the neck. Now, migraines are two to three times more likely to pop up in women. Neck pain, on the other hand, we find is uh, more common in in men. So think of, uh, I, I'm just going to, I have a picture of a patient in my head. It's a maybe a middle-aged man that works at an office and has a desk job, relatively sedentary, maybe has like carpal tunnel syndromes, uh, eventually will get radiating pain, numbness, tingling down one or maybe both arms and has a, sort of a constant neck pain. The other type of patient I'm thinking of is I'm in Colorado Springs here. So uh, if you also live in Colorado Springs, you're well aware that we have a lot of veterans. Uh, We do attract military because of the Air Force and other bases that are here in town. And uh, so these veterans are oftentimes dealing with uh, a whiplash injury, some sort of head or neck trauma from their time in the military. And that is an ongoing problem that they really oftentimes struggle with for their entire life neck pain and the result of that sort of whiplash trauma that occurred while they were in the military. So this is an important topic. It does correlate and uh, it goes hand in hand with headaches and migraines. Like I've talked about in the previous episodes, namely the number one overlooked cause of headaches and migraines episode, the uh, neck is paramount to evaluate and understand how it moves Uh, if we are going to help this type of patient in our healthcare setting today. Now, just to recap, that is the most overlooked cause, overlooked being the key. So the problem that I'm trying to address and the problem that if you are at home and you struggle with neck pain, headaches, or migraines that you will run into is that the model that we have set up and the plan of care that patients typically get is heavy on medication and is lacking a a hopeful, here's the underlying cause, let's address it. Now, it is because the neck is overlooked, it's not evaluated properly, and so this sort of problem is not found. All right, so we we understand headaches and migraines better, especially if you've listened to uh, episode number two. Neck pain is of equal value, it's of equal importance. The neck oftentimes will lead to that fusion, uh, spinal surgeries that uh, a lot of patients get. We talked about that in the um, Is Imaging Important episode of the podcast. So let's uh, let's jump into it. The neck is uh, important to understand in regards to movement. Now, if you think of the different providers out there, the, uh, the medical doctor is excellent at diagnosing and screening for the things that are likely to be more serious, more severe. So the MRIs, the x-rays, the CT scans, especially in the emergency room, they are making sure that you don't need life-saving measures, and that is incredibly important. Now, the the MD is very, very good at that, and that is why we pay them top dollar, uh, keep me alive type of stuff. Now, if you look at the chiropractic field, now I'm going to speak in general terms, but the, uh, the chiropractic field is very much focused on alignment. Now, that's one of the primary difference between chiropractic and physical therapy is they will focus on alignment 
and uh, prioritize the alignment of the spine, whereas a physical therapist uh, will focus on movement, restoring mobility to the body and reducing pain through that means. Now, when it comes to the neck and really any joint in the body, any uh, sort of musculoskeletal problem, movement is important to to focus on. But my, my training, my background as a physical therapist is going to primarily be in regards to movement. How do I evaluate? How do I restore movement? So when it comes to helping this uh, veteran with neck pain or this, this 40, 50 something year old male that is dealing with neck pain at work, maybe numbness, tingling, carpal tunnel syndrome, when they come into the clinic, one of the first things I do is educate them on the importance or the value in evaluating the neck for a movement problem. Now, we've talked about this in episode two, but I'll summarize it today. When you turn your head left or right, half of your motion comes from the first and second bone interacting with each other. So that's 40, 45 degrees of rotation. Now, for a single joint to do that much movement in the neck is unique because as we go down, the uh, the other segments of the neck only do um, about five degrees and so combined, they work to allow our neck to rotate a total of about 90 degrees or so. And so that, that first and second bone interacting, doing about 45 degrees, half of our rotation is crucial if we are going to understand how the patient with neck pain is going to recover. The second joint, which, which is also important, is the head sitting on the first bone in the neck, and that allows us to do about 10 degrees of nodding. So when you look down or nod or kind of tuck your chin, 10 degrees of that should be coming from your head sitting on uh, the first bone in your neck. Now, most patients I see, whether it's neck pain, headaches, or migraines, will have lost uh, nearly all of the motion in the head, uh, in those first two joints. So the head sitting on the first bone and the first bone sitting on the second bone. So that has implications for headaches and migraines, as we've talked about. It uh, is likely to refer pain into the head or the face, and there's sort of a, a more uh, scientific explanation for that when we look at referred pain and how that pain signal meets up in the brainstem with other sensory nerves and how it's eventually realized by the brain but isn't necessarily coming from the upper part of the neck. Now, there's other implications for this type of movement problem, and it has to do with what the rest of the neck is doing or, or what that means for the rest of the neck. So not only are headaches and migraines common in this type of problem, but as we look at what the mid and lower portion of the neck is required to do when the upper part of the neck isn't doing its job, we see that there's sort of a doubling of the amount of stress or load or movement that's required of the, the middle to lower uh, segments in the neck. And so to be more specific, when uh, you think of, or if you're familiar with how we number the vertebrae or the bones in the neck, um, it's C1, C2, C3, C4, C5. And so we have a lot of wear and tear that shows up in C3, C4, C4, C5, C5, C6. And it's these middle to lower segments that when we when we receive imaging, when we receive the MRI, that's typically what's blamed because we see degenerative changes. So it can be anything from a herniated disc, a bulging disc, to uh, uh, stenosis. Stenosis is just a uh, narrowing of a uh, joint space. Oftentimes, that's where the nerve root exits the spinal column. 
And so that is something that can be addressed surgically. The other thing is the degenerative disc disease. So there's wear and tear to the actual disc. And so we can see this on, on x-ray or MRI where the spacing between uh, the two vertebrae or the above and below vertebrae with that disc in between, that, that disc has actually become shortened or there's not as much space between those two bones. We also see things like bone spurs that pop up. And what's important to understand there is there's something called Wolf's Law where the bone is actually adapting to different stresses that are placed through it. So we do see some changes in the actual structure of the bone when there's stress placed on it for a, a long period of time. And so the question is, do we approach neck pain by addressing the uh, what we find on x-ray or MRI? So with degenerative disc disease, with uh, spinal stenosis, with herniated disc, with bone spurs at that C3, 4, 4, 5, 5, 6 location, do we blame that for your symptoms? And is that the actual cause? Is that what needs to be treated? Uh, now, I would argue that there is validity in addressing that area specifically, because oftentimes those joints, those segments can be generating pain or they, they can be uh, actually irritating the nerve or closing off that nerve root enough where you get numbness, tingling, painful sensations down the arm, or maybe even uh, weakness, which is not uncommon for a, a radiculopathy like that. Uh, but what is missed and what's overlooked when it comes to neck pain is what the upper part of the neck is doing. So you think of turning your head right and left. If that first and second bone are not allowing that 45 degrees to happen in the upper part of the neck, what happens is the mid and lower segments have to double the amount of work they do. Because almost everyone I see can still turn their head about 80 or 90 degrees. Now, my older patients, or maybe if you're like really sore one day, you won't want to turn your head that far. But most people can still turn their neck about 80 to 90 degrees. And so what's happening is that motion is coming in excess from C4, 5, 5, 6. And uh, instead of this five degrees of rotation that they're used to, they're maybe doing 10 plus degrees. Now, the body is great at compensating. And we see this um, in the shoulder, in the back, uh, in the hips. The body can compensate for a while. I mean, it can be years. You can be asymptomatic, not have any problem. There may be some tension. There may be some trigger points. There may be some things that develop. But overall, you are not in pain. It's not debilitating. It's not keeping you from doing anything. Same is true for the neck. So a patient can have a whiplash injury or can be at a desk job for a while and their neck can sustain this sort of dysfunctional movement pattern uh, without any problem. And what is confusing for people is that oftentimes they, their neck will be in that state for five, 10 years and then all of a the sudden they start to produce these symptoms. So they say, oh, now I have carpal tunnel syndrome. Now I have the numbness tingling down my arm. Now I have neck pain. And they, they look for a solution that is going to get them out of the pain as quickly as they got into it. Where the misunderstanding is, is that it's likely been that way for years and years. And so the solution needs to be a, a top-down solution. What is the upper part of your neck doing that is contributing to the wear and tear to the mid portion of the neck. So we've talked mainly about uh, the bones uh, in the spine and the changes we see with imaging. 
The other thing that occurs with the upper part of the neck not moving like it should is you have uh, the muscles that uh, act to move our head and neck. They are also impacted by the loss of mobility in the upper part of the neck. So what happens is when you turn your head, if uh, 45 degrees should be the amount of movement you get through the first and second bone, all of those muscles that are intended to move that segment of our neck are trying as hard as they can and uh, nothing is happening. So the joint itself is not moving. Now this affects uh, not just little muscles in the upper part of the neck, but it, it affects all of the muscles that uh, work with rotation. They all have to do a little bit more work every time you turn your head. So it's very common for people to say, you know, it doesn't necessarily hurt, but I just feel like I have to really try to turn my head. There's a lot of tension when I turn my head and um, they just notice this underlying amount of stress um, that maybe they wouldn't say is a problem, but they've let, dealt with it for so long they don't know what it's like to not have it. So what happens is you develop trigger points, you just develop this neck tension. Sometimes it gets bad enough, it's kind of this dull achiness that keeps you up at night or just bothers you throughout the day. This can also translate into the shoulders as we do have a couple shoulder muscles that um, kind of anchor or attach into the cervical spine. So not only is it affecting uh, the bones and the bone segments, but it's affecting muscles and muscle tension. Now one thing that people consider is, okay, my, my neck feels tight, I'll go get a massage. And massage therapists are great, and I would say continue that, uh, but just understand that the muscles are angry because they're trying to move a joint that is not moving. And so they're, they're having to do more work than they're used to. And so the key to reducing the amount of stress in your neck is to restore joint mobility. As soon as the joints move better, the muscles will be freed up to function as they normally do. Now, the other thing to consider is when the upper part of the neck is not moving the way it should, usually the head will be kind of shifted one direction or the other. Um, it's not positioned quite right. It's not positioned in neutral. And um, as we go about our day, like say the, the gentleman that works a desk job, if he's not sitting with proper posture, or even just if he is sitting with good posture, but just the fact that he's sitting most of the day, his neck is having to work that much harder to keep his head in a neutral position when it's kind of fighting these joints that are that are stuck and holding it in, in a position that those muscles don't like. And so even if you're, you're trying to relax, there's this underlying level of, of tension, or we call it tone, in the, in the cervical spine muscles. So one in particular that I'll go into is uh, your sternocleidomastoid. So this one runs kind of from behind your ear to your sternum, or where your clavicle meets your sternum. And uh, this muscle can be prominent in people that have neck pain. Uh, that's, that's not always true. But if you think about, if you are someone that struggles with neck pain, or if you know someone who does, if they kind of pinch that big muscle that kind of wraps around the front of their neck, um, oftentimes it's sensitive, it's sore, especially kind of right behind the, the ear under their jaw. Now that's a, that's a muscle that is commonly overworked when the postural smaller muscles deep in the neck aren't doing their job. And what that bigger muscle does, that sternocleidomastoid or the SCM, is it almost pulls our head forward. So, so it's natural for people to want to hold their head in a forward position. And so a lot of what I do is working to restore mobility, reduce tension, and allow 
a normal resting posture, which all goes back to joint mobility. What is, what is the upper neck allowing the head to do when you rotate or look up and down? So those are, those are the few of the big things I think about when um, addressing neck pain. Now, that's, that's a top-down perspective. There's also considerations in the thoracic spine, meaning the mid-back and the shoulders. Shoulder dysfunction can easily increase the amount of tension through the neck. And then uh, an area that I commonly look at is called the CT junction, or where the neck and the upper back come together, is typically an area that can be tight, restricted, and impacts um, function in like the upper trap, which is a, is a big player when it comes to having a healthy spine, especially when a healthy shoulder as well. So looking at the shoulder is of importance when, when we want to understand neck pain. Now the symptoms that occur when someone has this wear and tear to the mid portion of the neck, when someone has neck pain, can be anything from the dull achiness of the muscle tension that they experience. It can be kind of a pinch or a sharp sensation like when they turn their head. Uh, it can be a radiation of pain and this is common to that goes in like to the shoulders or down their arm. If it gets bad enough, there can be like numbness, tingling, or actually weakness. Now I've worked with all of these types of patients uh, and I want to throw in carpal tunnel syndrome as well and just a little tangent on carpal tunnel syndrome. So typically carpal tunnel syndrome is treated surgically by releasing uh, ligaments that uh, basically is uh, constraining the nerve as it runs through the wrist. And when that happens, it, that nerve is freed up and, and there's blood flow and, and it's happier. Um, it's not restricted like it was before. Now what can be an alternative approach to that type of surgery is looking at the neck and the shoulder because typically if, if a nerve is causing numbness tingling in the hand, there's going to be what's called a double crush injury or basically the nerve will be limited likely in, this, in the cervical spine and the shoulder. And the reason the wrist is, wrist is having issues is probably because the shoulder isn't stable. And so that starts with the spine and the shoulder. So I always, and there's good research to say, like, start in the neck and in the shoulder and work down. Same thing is true for any of the ridiculous symptoms of pain, numbness, tingling that these patients commonly get. The neck is likely the, the source or the thing that needs to be addressed first. And it's not just that C4-5 segment where the nerve is, is being um, impeded or pinched or occluded. It's actually the upper part of the neck. And if the upper part of the neck moves like it should, it frees up the, the mid portion of the neck. Patient feels better. Um, they have improved shoulder function. They can turn their neck without having stress through it. And that is the best approach to take. And so it's following the patient's pain and their, and their symptoms all the way back to what is the source? What's likely causing all of this? Um, and it's preventing them from not only the pain that's debilitating, but also potential surgeries. So like I said before, this is likely, if it's not treated effectively upfront, it can lead to the uh, fusions, uh, disc replacements, things like that, that are very costly. And actually, there's a, there's a good amount of risk with them as well. They could potentially leave a patient paralyzed. Now, obviously, these are very good surgeons. They, uh, the, the risk would be relatively low, but they're just not things that we want to try if we don't have to. And so, if you struggle with neck pain, or if you know someone who does, I would encourage you to share this podcast with them. Let them know that there uh, likely is a better scenario for them, and 
especially if you have headaches or migraines, understand where your neck pain could be coming from. Start to think about your neck, how you hold your head throughout the day. Uh, and then stay tuned next time. We'll continue to talk about all things headaches and migraines, hopefully empowering you guys to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. This is episode five. Thanks for listening.